from the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. This is Dr. Shelton Smith, and this is Making a Difference. Dear friends, it's Christmas week, and we surely ought to be excited about the opportunity that we have to celebrate the birthday of the Savior. What a wonderful, wonderful thing it is that we know Him and that we have the privilege to honor Him and exalt His name and really, really tell the sweet story of Jesus coming to this earth to seek out men and women, boys and girls, and to give them the salvation that only He can give. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing, and I'm grateful that this Christmas season, right here on this broadcast, we're going to talk about the good things of the Lord as we ought to do. Last week, I started talking to you about a general theme of why do we make so much ado about Jesus? question had been raised, and so I spent some time talking about that and trying to answer that question. And then from there, we moved into talking about the prophecies of the Old Testament about the coming Messiah. And I want today to walk through some additional Old Testament prophecies just to give us an idea of how God laid the groundwork and forecast the coming of the Lord Jesus. Last few days, I've been giving you a song that has the wording that really honors the Savior. And today, let's look at this one called, He Hideth My Soul. It's another Fanny Crosby hymn, and it simply says, A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord, a wonderful Savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock, where rivers of pleasure I see. Verse number two says, A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. He taketh my burden away. He holdeth me up, and I shall not be moved. He giveth me strength as my day. Verse three, With numberless blessings each moment he crowns, and filled with his goodness divine. I sing in my rapture, O glory to God, for such a Redeemer is mine. And then verse number four, When clothed in his brightness transported I rise to meet him in clouds of the sky, his perfect salvation, his wonderful love, I'll shout with the millions on high. And then the chorus of it says, He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. I love those great songs, and they tell us things that really we can sing. We can let these songs express our own exaltation of the Savior in a very sweet and special way. Such a joy to be able to sing those great songs. Today, I want us to walk through several of these Old Testament passages. We'll do them quickly just so that we'll get a good sampling of the fact that the Lord did forecast the coming of the Savior. Now, tomorrow, Lord willing, we're going to go to the New Testament and see how each of these has been fulfilled in the person of the Lord Jesus. Let's begin in Isaiah chapter number 9, where the Bible says in verse 2, "...the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light." They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. That is a messianic hint in the Old Testament. Remember, Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world, and you and I have the privilege of that light that shines upon us and gives us the knowledge and the information that we need. And thus we are indeed living in the light because the Savior is the light of the world. 
Chapter 9 of Isaiah, verse number 7, says of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So the Lord promises a Messiah coming. He promises a government to be set up, which ultimately will be done in the millennial reign of Christ. And he says it is the zeal of the Lord himself that will perform this. Isaiah chapter 28 in verse 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Now, what that's telling us is the Lord himself is providing the cornerstone around which we can build our life for time and for eternity. The Lord is the solid rock upon which we build. We sing about the solid rock, and we ought to be able to build on him with faith and get the results that we're looking for. Chapter 42 of Isaiah, verse number 1, says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. So not just to the Jew, but also to the Gentile. In fact, the Bible makes very clear to the whole world. Jew and Gentile alike, red, yellow, black, and white, all of us are precious in his sight. Isaiah 53 and verse 2 says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. So, dear friend, when you think about a root coming out of a dry ground, when we think about him growing up as a tender plant, listen, he was virgin-born. You do not expect a plant to come out of dry ground without it being properly dealt with, with water, etc. And so it is, the virgin birth, we just cannot imagine that such a thing could actually take place. But God, by His almighty power, made that come to pass. And you remember in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, it was pointedly and specifically said that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And we see all of this right here. This verse says in Isaiah 53, there's no beauty that we should desire him. Really, we look at the Lord Jesus and we have to say sometimes, well, uh, he does not come like people expected him to come, but he came like the Lord intended for him to come. He came like a lowly servant, but he gave himself and he did so at the Father's command. And that made all the difference for us. In Isaiah 55 and verse number four, the Bible says, behold, I have given him him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. So yes, he is our commander in chief. And yes, he is a witness to us about heaven. He's a witness to us about the Father's plan. He is a witness to us telling us exactly what we need to hear so that we'll have the means of getting from earth to heaven when we die. Or if we're still alive when the trumpet sounds, he'll take us up. So either way, we're in good shape when we come to Christ. Isaiah 61, 1 says, and by the way, the New Testament tells us this is talking about Jesus. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. So yes, the Lord comes as a preacher. He comes as a prophet. He comes proclaiming the good news, the good tidings. And for those who have a meek, hardened spirit, 
That is, they stop being self-possessed. They stop thinking, man, I'm something. And they begin to say, the Lord is the one who's really something. And they look to him humbly and say, I need what you're giving. I need the salvation that you offer. And we yield ourselves to the Lord in faith when we do that. Jeremiah 23 and verse 5 says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise up unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. That's talking about Jesus. When you get to Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, and listen to this, the place where Jesus was born is clearly delineated in these Old Testament prophecies hundreds of years before the event took place in Bethlehem. And here's what it says, but thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me. That is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. So the everlasting one, the eternal one, the divine son of God, where is he to be born? Well, I think if you'd have asked any Jew in the generations prior to Bethlehem, they would have said it'll be in the city of the king. It'll be in Jerusalem. Everybody would have expected that. And yet, so clearly it is laid out in this Old Testament prophecy that it would not be in Jerusalem, but it's going to be about five miles away in the city of Bethlehem. That's where it's going to be. We discover that very clearly laid out here in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. We get to the book of Haggai. We discover another Old Testament prophecy that says, I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. So who is the desire of the nations? Well, it's the Lord Jesus. And he will, according to this passage, shake all nations. Who has so impacted the nations of the world as the Lord Jesus? Let me tell you, there is nothing that is going to be left as it is when the Lord Jesus gets prominence in a place. He will bring needed changes, good changes. He will set things right wherever it is that his message is preached. If you drop down to Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9, there the Bible says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Talking about Jerusalem and the Israel and the Jews. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. So here we have this prediction. And you remember in the New Testament, all of this came to pass with Jesus riding into Jerusalem on the bank of a borrowed donkey. So we are looking here very, very clearly at some very precious Old Testament prophecies. One more in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says, Behold, I will send my messenger. And that turns out to be John the Baptist, who came several months ahead of the Lord Jesus, ministry-wise. And he, that is the messenger, shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. So we have this very clear promise of the coming, first of the forerunner, and then of the Savior himself. All of this laid out in the Old Testament. And listen, dear friends, as we look at these Old Testament prophecies, these are just some of the highlights. There are others, in fact, quite a number of others in the Old Testament, all of which are setting the stage, predicting his coming, 
telling us, telling the Jews, telling everybody who would listen, that there is a Messiah promised of God and that he will one day come on the scene. Now, strangely enough, even with all of this from the Old Testament, declaring the place of his birth, declaring the virgin birth, declaring other special things about the coming of the Messiah, in spite of all of that, who stumbled over this the most? The Jews stumbled over it. They became so engrossed in their own thinking, in their own way of doing things, that a lot of this got pushed aside. And you and I need to take note from the mistakes of these generations past. They had the Word of God, but they didn't listen to it. They had what God promised, what God proclaimed, and yet it was like it didn't exist because they were ignoring it. And you and I have the precious Word of God. We have every reason today to embrace the Savior and to get on board with Him, to follow His instruction, and to do the things that the Lord would have us to do. And listen, we really have no excuse for not getting with it, getting to the point where that we do what we know we should do and follow the Lord in our daily life. There is just really so much given in the Bible. And when I look at these Old Testament prophecies, and tomorrow we're going to look at the New Testament fulfillment of a number of these, I'm just telling you, it is exciting, it is thrilling, and to know that what God promises, He always performs. What He tells you He will do, He will ultimately do. You can count on that. You can take it to the bank. His Word is always good. We're going to talk some more this week about some of these passages relating to the birth of Christ. And yes, we are excited about it, and we are not hesitating at all to make much ado at this Christmas season. I trust that you're going to have a wonderful week leading up to Christmas Day. I want to hear from you. I trust that you'll write me a note. I would just love to know that you're there, that you're being blessed by the broadcast if you are. So write me a note and let me know that you're on board with us. I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. My address is Post Office Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. And the email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I look forward to hearing from you, and I will look forward to being back here again tomorrow. So I hope you'll join me then. Until that time, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.